This quote was very important to me, and it's really something I do teach, because what I want to give uh, to people is an, an energetic experience of what I call as radiance, and radiance uh, means Zohar, the, the book of Kabbalah Zohar, and, and uh, the president said to me, you know, call this work radiance, because the map, the code that's in all of us is an energetic pathway to lift ourselves out of our suffering into an experience of joy and happiness, an experience of high, high frequency of love. It's a vibration of, of true divine love. And it is our birthright. It is everyone's birthright. And we have simply forgotten the skill set to know how to get there. Empower Radio presents The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Break through the illusion of separation, explore the infinite field of possibility, and make connections that inspire. Now, here's your host, Dr. Julie Kroll. Hello and welcome everyone. You're listening to the Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected. Each week we gather right here to make connections that break through the illusion of separation. And I trust something you hear in the next hour may just open you to the infinite field of possibility, the cosmic realm of mystical wisdom and the epic exploration of consciousness and the arts. Yep. You see, when you give the right tools to an artist with a heart to serve, they can change the culture. Artists are visionaries and co-creators of cultural transformation and healing. They can communicate new ideas, creativity, and inspiration. Artists are the wayseers and pioneers in times of chaos and change. They're poised to tell a new kind of story. So imagine... What do you get when you combine the efforts of creativity and three amazing different kind of accomplished artists? Well, I'd say you'd get magnificence, a beautiful exploration into the evolution of consciousness. We're going to talk about a book and I can't wait to introduce. So remember the film, What the Bleep Do We Know? That film took viewers on a journey to unlock the secrets of life. And now creator William Arntz mixes the words from the mystical vision and poetry of Deirdre Haid with stunning photography and images that take us on a journey right into the heart of consciousness and the cosmos. This visionary art in the book, The Not-So-Little Book of Surprises, is sure to wake you up and even surprise you. I invite you to take a few deep breaths, bring your awareness into this moment, open your mind, connect with your heart, and rest in your essential wholeness as I introduce these guests. Since her early years in Memphis, Tennessee, Deirdre Hayde has been an artist and a visionary, writing poetry and conversing with the mystical worlds. As a ballet dancer and choreographer recognized by Robert Joffrey, her perform, excuse me, she performed throughout the country and founded the dance ensemble Celebrations to the Sacred. At just 16 years old, when her mother was diagnosed with terminal breast cancer, Deirdre discovered the healing power of light, enabling her mother to live 13 years longer than expected. 
As the founder of Radiance Healing and Meditation, Deirdre has guided people worldwide, teaching them to harness their own inner wisdom and healing potential. She's currently writing her story of life as a modern-day mystic. And... Joining us, William Arntz. He started his professional career as a research laser physicist working on Star Wars high-energy lasers. He then moved on to a software writing autosys, an automated job control system currently in used by most Fortune 500 companies. He sold that company, retired, and then decided to make a film. Imagine that, creating, producing, and directing the favorite. Many of my listeners I know love this film, What the Bleep Do We Know? An exploration of spirituality, quantum physics, neurology, and outrageous possibilities. The film and the companion book with editions in over 20 languages were international hits. And I am so excited to have you both here. Welcome, Deidre. Thank you so much. I'm so happy, happy to be here. Oh, thank you. And I know William may be joining us just a little bit late. Is he there yet? No, but he'll he'll be here uh, hopefully Excellent. within the next 15 or 20 minutes. So Okay. Excellent. Well, we look forward to having him join us, and I'm really, really happy to have you here. And um, I know I'm just, I've been looking forward to this. and since I got the email in my inbox mm -hmm. and just exploring this whole topic. But before we dig into your experience and the content of this book and so much more, Deirdre, I have a traditional first question here on our show. And I know both you and William will, are masters on this question. So you're going to love it. It's going to be quite easy. So I'm going to ask you if you can share with our listeners, what does all things connected mean to you? Oh, that's so beautiful. Um, that is my mantra, that all things uh, are connected. So for me, um, personally, as a lifetime mystic and a seer of other worlds, and uh, since a young child, I would hear the animals, the trees, the rocks, everyone, all of nature spoke to me, and I really didn't know the difference um, with that world and, and with the human world. Uh, so on my journey, it really has been a journey of staying connected to all the elements and to the heart, the soul of all beings, um, human and not human. Uh, and it, sometimes I had fallen out of that, and it's painful, that separation, uh, and then gone back into that unity and that is non-separation. So my life has really been a study of separation and non-separation. And I can honestly say that um, non-separation is definitely the way to go. <laughs> because that <laughs> pain and the suffering ends. <laughs> so. mm. Yes. You know what? I, I'm looking forward to this conversation because that that non-separation is just woven in every word on every page of your book. Your mystical experience that you mentioned just comes alive. So let's start by just, I, I would love to hear more of your story. You were just 16 years old and you discovered this healing power. Let's, let's go back in time. If you were always a seer, always a mystic, what's your story? 
Deirdre, I'd love to hear it. Oh, thank you. Well, I'll give you just some of the highlights. Um, I uh, was born in Chicago, and um, my when I was very young, <clears throat> two and three, I, I have many memories of that age, and I remember being feeling completely one with everything. I really didn't know what separation was. I saw my parents and the people around me being sad and unhappy, and I remember not being able to understand why they were so unhappy because life was so magnificent. Um, but I had my first taste of, of, of sadness when I was four, and I loved Lake Michigan. Lake Michigan, uh, to me, was my mother. She was a living, breathing she was as real as my mother, and I, I don't even know how words can describe this, but that was my reality. And one day we went to Lake Michigan, and there were dead fish everywhere and signs that said, you know, do not swim danger. And I remember looking at the water, and this energy came up into my body, up into my heart, and I felt like I was being ripped apart. I thought I was dying. And I started screaming and crying and wailing. And I remember my mother looked at me and going, what happened? What happened? And I just kept screaming, my mother has been killed. My mother's dying. And the pain was unbelievable. I felt like every cell was coming apart. I felt the pain of the water. And that has been my gift and my curse my whole life. Yeah. And that is why I teach or I speak because I want, I just want us to understand that, that all of nature and us, we are one and nature feels what we feel. And nature is our mother that we must love and care for. So that was my first experience of pain, of separation. Then um, I had several other experiences that I didn't understand. I really thought, well, that's just how everyone lived. And as I got older, I realized, well, this is not how everyone lives. One is that I was, we were camping, um, and there was a... Um, a pine tree I used to go talk to, and I was talking to the pine tree, and a cloud opened up in the arms of the pine tree, and I saw a pickup truck run over the tent that my brand-new baby brother was being born, and immediately I didn't think. I mean, I, it's crystal clear in my mind. I didn't think. I just knew I was to run and get my brother out of the tent. I ran back, ran. I swooped my brother up out of the tent. It's as clear to me as if I'd seen a movie yesterday. I ran out of the tent. And just as I ran out of the tent, a pickup truck uh, ran over our tent and hit the pine tree. That's what stopped mm -hmm. it, where I'd been standing. My parents came running through the cloud of smoke and found us and were screaming in disbelief because they thought we were, you know, dead. And I remember clearly my mother and my father picking me up and exclaiming how this could have happened. And I wanted to tell her about the vision. And I remember very clearly that I was speaking very fast. And I was got very angry because I was speaking in another language. It was my language. I knew the language. And they would look at me with this puzzle. 
And I remember thinking that English, the language of my parents, was so slow and cumbersome and so difficult that, um, and it was so hard to learn. <laughs> and I was frustrated because there was a language barrier and I couldn't tell them what happened. Eventually I did, and it was kind of family folklore about that story. Um, so my life has was filled with this kind of magic and mysticism. Um, but unfortunately, with that gift, you also experience, I began to experience the, the, the darker sides or the suffering side of our reality. Uh, and when it, it gave me um, really bouts of depression as a child, uh, bouts of real deep sadness and not wanting to live, um, and, and when this would happen, I was very gifted because light beings would show up. I would see them, and they would talk me into staying <laughs> and tell me why I needed to stay here and how important it was. Um, so uh, I kept that as a secret. I did start an angel school when I was eight years old uh, to teach my friends about these beings, and uh, I have the journal, and I... In the journal, it ends, and I, I wrote, um, I'm, I, they're not ready yet uh, to learn, so I, I'm, I'm quitting for now. Oh, oh bless you. Quit you know, when, yeah, how beautiful. I, I talk to so many mystics and just intuitives when they, when they're young. It's really difficult because the world is not like others, and they don't understand us. So. For you to say, okay, I have to quit the class now because they're just not ready. That is so sweet. <laughs> That's exactly I what that. I, so I did. I just put everything underground. And then at 16, when my, or 50, it was really right before I turned 60, I just say 16, but it was really the end of my 15th year. My mother um, had a radical mastectomy. In those days, it was very brutal. It was um, barbaric. It's, we've come a long way, thank goodness. Um, and she was metastasized. They'd given her a year to live. And I was praying with my mother one night. Um, and my family, uh, my father was a Catholic. My mother was Baptist. But both of them were doctors. They were professors. And they had given up uh, any religion um, because they were scientists. And uh, science was of course, a new religion in our household. Um, but when my mother got ill, I sat with her, and I didn't really, uh, I couldn't say I prayed because our, I didn't grow up with that, but I did grow up with the African-American churches in the South. We had moved to the South, and they were my friends, and there, there was a lot of talk about prayer. So I sat down, and I just decided to pray. And I prayed very, very hard, and then... Um, a light came in the room, and my mother, who was in bed, said, do you see that light? And I said, do you see that light? I go, yes. I go, somebody must have turned a lamp on. How odd. Maybe one of my brothers had snuck in because it had gotten late. I went around to all the lamps, and there were uh, no light bulbs on, but there was a light in the room. And my mother said, well, whatever this light is, my pain is gone. And... Uh, I was overjoyed, and I said to God, I said, God, this is whatever this light is, please um, teach me and my mother how to use it, and I will always do whatever I can to stop her suffering and, and to help her to live. So we began to uh, meditate with this energy. It's a frequency. It's something you can't put into words, but we knew what it was. 
and she lived uh, 13 years longer. She, um, interestingly enough, and when I work with people with cancer, I say this, is you know, sometimes the cancer may not go away. I mean, if it does, great. But there's a bigger picture uh, about this this um, brokenness in our reality that we don't understand. But you can live a great life. And she did. She uh, she went into remission, but it came back. She went into remission, and it came back. And then uh, she had the cancer the last six years of her life, but she led a great, she led a good life. And the doctors were, we don't know why she's alive. We don't know why she's functioning. <laughs> they could not explain it. And it was because of this light. When she, um, then the time came where uh, she started getting very tired, and I asked her what she wanted to do, and she said, well, you know, I'm, I've done my work here, my soul. And she said to me, Deirdre, don't ever hate the cancer. The cancer was my great teacher, and I am ready to go into the light now. And I said, if you want to go, then I will pray for you to go. And that's exactly what happened. I sat by her bed. I sit, prayed for her to go in the light, and her she got very young. Her whole face changed. Uh, I saw a Native American woman. I saw an Egyptian woman. I saw all these faces. I said to her, Mother, I see who you are, and she said, Thank you for knowing who I really am. And then a few nights later, early in the morning, uh, she sat up in bed, and I saw a light come into her, and I saw her spirit leave. And uh, I, uh, that light was in the room. I was filled with joy. Three days later, she appeared to me. I saw the veil open, literally like an aperture of a camera. She came through the light, this opening, and she was all in white. And she said, I've come to tell you there's no death. I've come to tell you I'm in the light. I'm in the most beautiful place. Please take care of your father and your brothers because they're afraid. And I have to go away now. I have to go very far away because I have study to do. I have work I have to do on the other side of the universe. <laughs> but I promise I'll come back. And when I do, you will know. <laughs> and then mm. she left. That's, that's what happened. <laughs> and she, I didn't feel her presence for years and years. And then one day she did come back and she's with me now. Mm. Beautiful. And what, what a journey. You were still a very young woman during that time. Yeah. Well, thanks for sharing those intimate details of your story. And I think that just really helps to set the tone and the, the essence for this book, because our listeners um, may not know you, but the little, the not so little book of surprises is filled with your mystical words. You as a mystic, as a poet, as an artist, your writings, your, it feels channeled. There's some poetry. There's this little stories. It's so beautiful. So tell us how the content of that came to be. I think that you, if I remember you, really had to discern through a lot of your writing to just come up with enough for not I shouldn't say enough you had to <laughs> discern it down to to put it into a book it sounds like you've done a lot of writing yes oh, thank you and first of all I want to say thank you so much for being open and you and your listeners for giving me the opportunity to share my story because and, and that's the story I'm writing but I've never shared it I've never felt it was safe 
to really speak about this alternative reality that um, I live in and that I know when we all know it, we will be happier people. Uh, We'll be out of separation. So I just really must express my gratitude because you're healing me by asking and being interested in something so offbeat. (laughs) So thank you. (laughs) Well, you Um, are welcome and thank you for sharing. So about the book, yes, I, as I said, I, you know, a bit of the story. And so I began to receive um, a great deal of wisdom throughout my life. And uh, from the beings of light, I always use, I would use the word God, but there were many different energies of all goodness, complete goodness that would tutor me and teach me and say, you, you must you know, speak of this and write of this. So I began writing uh, this down in poetry when I was first could write. I mean, my first poem must have been about six or seven years old. And I'd been writing these poems my whole life with truths, with teachings in the poetry. Um, I didn't share it because people were like, well, that sounds so archaic. Um, <laughs> you, you don't sound like you're from, you know, this time. And, and you need to change your poetry and not rhyme. And you need to, you know, there's, you know, that's what I got from academics. Mm. And decided, I prayed, and I said, no, if I change the poem, uh, it doesn't mean not clean it up. I clean them up. But to change the style, then I'm not true to my soul as an artist. So I'm just going to do it my way. And if no one listens, I've done this for God. And if people read it and find something, then so be it. I don't have... I don't need to be a part of a system. I'm going to just do my art. And that's how I started as an artist, uh, as a dancer and choreographer. Um, that's where I felt free. I felt like I could express this experience uh, of creation that, I, that no words could really put, could be put into them was through art. Uh, I'm a painter. Uh, my whole life has been an expression of God through art. So about... Um, about uh, 15 years ago, um, I went through uh, a divorce. I went through a very, very difficult divorce, uh, and I wound up um, being um, almost penniless with my two kids. I never thought that would happen to me, and uh, I was obviously very scared And in Los Angeles. And then God came to me. The voice came and said, well... Um, now it's time. And I said, what do you mean? And God said, well, now it's time. You Now you must uh, begin to uh, to speak what you know and begin to uh, give healings, begin to work with people's souls. And I said, um, I said, well, you must be crazy. They're going to, you know, string me up and darn feather me, I'm sure, uh, you know, if I do this. And, mm-hmm. and the presence was very funny because God has a great sense of humor, said to me, well, do you want to pay the rent? <laughs> I, said, <laughs> I do, actually. And I fought, but I finally succumbed. And Andre Balog, that was how we first started working together. I called him up. I said, Andre, I need a photo of an angel. And he said, oh, I'll get my daughter, Ceylon, and I'll just uh, wrap her in a sheet and Photoshop some uh, wings on her and uh, he did and I had my angel and I made a flyer and and then everything took off um I, it really took off I in two weeks I had the rent literally in two weeks I had the rent 
plus, and it has never changed. And I just began to work with people and give the knowledge that I was given. Um, I will say that along that, in that journey uh, over these a lifetime, really, I did study. I felt it was very important to study to see if the voices that were talking to me were really right on. And so I would challenge them, and they'd tell me something, and I'd say, well, how do I know that's true? And so they would say, study this or read that text, and I started doing that. So I started a check and balance with I, with these voices because I said, are you real or am I just insane? I said, if you're real, it'll be written. And so I studied. I studied um, uh, the uh, Kabbalistic texts uh, for over 15 years. I still study them. Um, I studied the Hindu, uh, the Hindu texts, the Sanskrit texts. I've been to India. Uh, I studied uh, the mystical Christianity. So I've had many, many teachers, uh, mystics that have guided me. And I just wanted to be clear about that, that I, that there has been that support. Um, healers and extraordinary people um, from mystical that would show up in my life and, uh, and help guide the gift. So after that, I began teaching. Um, and, and then about 10 years ago, it really took off. And I got the message I needed to write everything that I was given and record everything, and I did that. So the sum total of that is about 3,000 pages of wow. information. And from those 3,000 pages, my husband, Will, who I hope he makes it in here soon. Um, if not, maybe I'll have him back one time because he's so brilliant. My husband, Will, um, just said to me, we have to get this out, but there's so much there's so much. I said, I know. I don't even know where to start. My son would tease me and say, Mother, you're going to have an 800-page book. Nobody will be able to hold it. You know, <laughs> so everybody in my family is teasing me. And my husband said, turn it over to me. I'm going in, and I'm going to pull out what I think the world needs to know. What, just like I did with What the Bleep. There's messages the world needs. I'm going to pull them out. I just ask you to not interfere. <laughs> so he, I said, okay, go. And he did that. He went in by himself. He wouldn't let me see what he was doing. And he picked out uh, the poems and the texts that he felt needed to be in the world. And he choreographed them and put them, edited them, edited them into the not-so-little book of surprises so that the book of surprises would be like a movie. If you read it through, it's an hour and a half. Every page is a scene. Um, we co-created with this incredible photographer, Andre Balog, who is also a mystic. Um, and it came together. In magic, uh, he put it together in three months. In six months, we were printing the book. Wow. Wow. I love to hear that story. And I'm really happy to know that story, Deirdre, because I, I imagine just volumes and volumes pouring through you. And I can, I can feel the essence of William here and that that storyteller of just little excerpts. And I have to say, wow, to Andre Balog, the imagery is so stunning. And yeah, stunning. It's just incredible. This is a beautiful coffee table book, but it's also um, 
and we'll talk more about this after the break. We're going to take a break here in a second. But the, mm -hmm. This book is not just this gorgeous coffee table book with imagery and storytelling and and just this vibrational energetic that comes through every page and every word but i also imagined it i can see how william imagined it as as a movie like what the bloop do we know i also imagine it as a journal like some of my favorite mm -hmm. journals that i've had are like poetry books or other picture books where I literally will journal on those pages what's coming through to me. I this is stunning. So I'm just gonna I'm gonna leave it at that and say congratulations and encourage our listeners right before break to check it out. The not so little book of surprises. And this is beautiful words by Deirdre Hayde and William Arntz putting them together amazing imagery by Andre Balog. Check it out. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, I, I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask Deirdre to share a little sneak peek of a few pieces. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. channel is interruption free listen now with the empower radio app free in the app store or listen online at empower.fm soothe your soul calm your mind the empower meditation channel dear john i was hoping it wouldn't come to this but you've left me no choice i'm leaving uncontrolled high blood pressure is really serious and lately you seem to really not care I've been there for you since day one, and I know you think I'm going to keep ticking. But no, my friend, I can quit whenever I want. Why can't we get back to the good times when we were more active and ate more healthy foods and you checked on me every once in a while? Is that too much to ask? I don't want to leave, but unless you stop ignoring me, what else am I supposed to do? Remember, when I quit, you quit. Sincerely, your heart. Listen to your heart. Don't let it quit on you. Doing the minimum to control your high blood pressure isn't doing enough. High blood pressure can lead to a stroke, heart attack, or death. Get your blood pressure to a healthy range before it's too late. Find out how at heart.org slash blood pressure. Check, change, control. A message from the American Heart Association, the American Stroke Association, and the Ad Council. Every three minutes, another woman gets the news that she has breast cancer. And here are some of the first words she hears. Hertenew oncogene, aromatase inhibitor, ductocarcinoma in situ. What do these words mean? How are you going to decide what to do if you can't even say what you have? Listen to me, Shirley Jones. As soon as you get your diagnosis, go to breastcancer.org. It's a special place on the internet where you can learn how to say all those breast cancer words and find out what they mean. At breastcancer.org, you can learn more about your particular kind of cancer and your treatment options. 
Prepare a list of questions for your next doctor's visit and get all kinds of other useful information to guide you and your family through this. Breastcancer.org, the first place to go the minute you find out you have breast cancer. Getting your child home safely. Cut your heels together three times. It's just a click away. There's no place like home. But making sure your child is in the right seat is just one of the steps down the road to safer travel. I don't know how it works. Find the right seat for your little one's age and size. There's no better way to get home safely. Know for sure that your child is in the right seat. How can I ever thank you enough? Get all the facts at safercar.gov slash the right seat. Brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Radio to inspire, encourage, and empower you. This is Empower Radio. Now, back to the Dr. Julie Show. All things connected on Empower Radio. Welcome back. Hey, if you're inspired by our conversation today, I invite you to share it with others and maybe just listen to it again. You can do that by visiting my website at thedrjulieshow.com where you'll find all the archive links as well as a listing of upcoming guests. So again, that's thedrjulieshow.com. Also stay connected all week on our Facebook page, All Things Connected with Dr. Julie, where we continue the conversation. And I'm here today with Deirdre and hopefully William will be joining us. But this beautiful new book, The Not-So-Little Book of Surprises, I encourage you to check it out. And you can do that by looking up bookofsurprises.com. Again, that's bookofsurprises.com. And you can find Deirdre at deirdrehade.com. Is that correct, Deirdre? Yes, Absolutely. Okay, DeirdreHade.com. You'll find some of her upcoming events. I think there's a, an event in April in New York City, another workshop in March at the Bodhi Tree in Los Angeles. There's lots of good stuff there. So check out both those websites. Deirdre, I'm wondering what it was like for you to have all of this work discerned down by William and have him choreograph this book for you. What was that like to have him just picking out snippets of what you channeled through? Well, um, I was very, uh, very much in awe, very touched and very grateful. And um, I, and I just want to clarify a little something because people don't quite understand, you know, the process of art I would say as an artist, uh, as an artist of the light, the the information comes, and then with it, I interpret it and hone it into a, a wisdom from my my personal experience. So it's a personal, like so everything is personalized for us as uh, in the human world. So I tell people it's really a marriage when the, the, the knowledge comes in, such as in a poem in the honey jars, I'm in this expanded state of union with a greater voice, but it's also me. It's also definitely very much me. Um, and that's what's in this book. And uh, for Will, who, you know, we've been together for about five years, and I feel that he just, he knows me well, he loves me, he knows my voice, and he also is such a gifted artist. Uh, he was a mathematician that he has this sixth sense of going in and um, pulling out what, what there is. I'll also say we, we did have more help 
for him. Um, I have a whole group of people who've studied with me, some as long as 10 years. I give healing journeys, and they, they're part of that, and um, they study the transcriptions. And so he also went to them and said, what were your favorite teachings? What really stood out? What do you think? He said, I remember one time she said yada yada. And they said, oh, yes. And he said, well, let's find that. Let's find out where that is. So um, it wasn't like he went in in the dark. He went in with some knowledge, but he he picked up the, the gems that he said, this is what we need to do. Uh, and it was a, r- a real team effort, but he, w- he was the guiding light. He was mm-hmm. the, the one to make the decision at the end of the day. And he took all the pieces of paper of the quotes with the photos, and he laid them in his office curving around, up the chair, down the chair, over the sofa. (laughs) (laughs) And he kept moving it around, and he would stand back, and he'd go, hum, let me think now. And he'd change the order over and over, and then he would pass it by me. What do you think of this order? What do you think of that order? And he wrote, wrote, made it in acts, like in a movie, a first act, a second act, a third act. He wrote it down on the hero's journey. He said, oh, my gosh, um, you know, who's the hero in this? And he said, oh, the hero is the mystery, is the mystical. I'm going to make the mystical the of uh, the the main uh, actor, the main character in the book. The, the brilliance of how he took these quotes and made them a story and made them very special is mind-boggling to me. Uh, but he did all of that, and that's why it is such. Uh, it's just so different and unique. Um, I'm very honored and very grateful. Yeah, boy, his brilliance, his genius does shine through. And I appreciate you calling them teachings because really each page stands so autonomously brilliant in itself. And then there's this thread that weaves through the book. I love how he weaves the honey jars throughout the whole entire text. And it just really brings this richness and, and beauty into this journey. I love it. I love it. So I have, I, I don't know if I have any favorites because I am still just absorbing the art with the words, but I'm wondering if you have any favorites. Well, I have many, many favorites, but I've come to, um, Hone in on a few that people have asked about several times. And so I thought, well, if this is something that people, uh, many, many people on different interviews and when I'm in the, out with the public ask about, then I'd let, those maybe those are the good ones to focus on. Those are in people's mind right now. So um, I have a couple, I picked out a few. Um, one of them that always seems to stand out. Um, is this right here? My little, here it is. Um, and that is this quote. Um, there is a map, it's from page 22, there is a map where you can choose to go to God. You don't have to wait for, oh my God, it happened. Ack, it's gone. How do I get it back? God actually wrote a map, a code, so that you could enter into God's joy, happiness, and bliss whenever you want to. Mm. I remember that. The the image with that page is stunning as well. And, yeah, I just want to rest in that. It's so nice. 
I was just going to say that this this uh, this quote was very important to me, and it's really something I do teach. Because what I want to give uh, to people is an, an energetic experience of what I call as radiance. And radiance uh, means Zohar, the, the book of Kabbalah Zohar. And, and uh, the president said to me, you know, call this work radiance. Because the map, the code that's in all of us, is an energetic pathway to lift ourselves out of our suffering into an experience of joy and happiness and experiences of high, high frequency of love. It's a vibration of, of true divine love. And it is our birthright. It is everyone's birthright. And we have simply forgotten the skill set to know how to get there. And, and that's what this page is about because there, it's all through the book, the little tips on how to do this. Um, but it is our birthright. See, your birthright be in this frequency of love. Uh, and it's wonderful. It's the place of non-separation. Beautiful. So when you're working with with individuals and these teachings come through, I mean, just even that last little explanation from you really deepens that in. Um, do you, I'm, I'm just curious about your consciousness, Deirdre, as far as this is coming through and then what do you do to kind of just go play and have fun and be in your own radiance? And I mean, it seems like there's so much here and yet I can imagine you being in your full joy on your own personal map and, and not having to, um, really hone in with this. Does that make sense? I know it's kind oh, of a crazy question. Yeah, but. That uh, and I definitely the the presence um, is always teaching me how to have time where I'm in my own radiance. And I, um, you know, one thing when we're a teacher and a healer, we just we want to help so much that we forget about ourselves. So part of my teaching in the past few years has been to do what brings me into my uh, to connect into my code, um, and that is a form of of meditation that I do every day with the light uh, alone, and I have to get that. Um, I've got to, to just, I now, that's the most important thing I do. I spend a lot of time in nature, walking with nature, listening to the trees and the rocks and the skies, writing my poetry. Um, that's, uh, that's what I, I love, being with people I love. I love people. I love my family, and I love people. I can honestly say I just love when we come together. Um, one of the pages, it says it's time to gather. It's time for us to gather, and I really believe that. It's time for us, those of us who, who are here for the light, are here to have an understanding of the mystery, and know we have a purpose together to, to make our world a better place and to live in the joy of what this mm-hmm. heaven really is. It is time for us to come together and play together. And um, that brings me great happiness. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, you know, for our listeners, I'm going to redirect you to a couple different places in this book that I think are easy for our listeners on radio to really grasp something and take it home with them. And um, the first being the your practice now go clean up the mess. When you talk about this morning ritual, I think that's a really powerful tool 
that we can share with our listeners today. Would you mind? Yes, yeah, so this is um, one of my favorites. Uh, and when Will pulled it up, I said, well, you can't do that. That sounds so, so in your face, so blunt. Um, <laughs> don't you think we stopped her in my first book out? <laughs> so <laughs> so we, we have a joke in our house that if I put the book together, I would have picked all the quotes uh, that were soft and sweet, and the whole book would be pink. So that's our joke. <laughs> he teases me about that. But, um, yes, no, this is the reality. This is the truth. Now go clean up the mess. Um, so I'll just read a little bit about what my practice is uh, and how this has changed my life. Um, every morning uh, I spend 15 minutes surveying the landscape of my close relationships, family, friends. Then I continue on to business, work colleagues, school relationships. I ask myself, how am I in this relationship? Am I clean? Have I done the right thing? God typically answers, now go clean up the mess. Hmm. So if I'm, I look at this and I say, okay, how can I repair this relationship? How can I make good in this relationship? If I'm not able to clean up my mess right now, um, I say a prayer. God, this situation is something I'm going to have to revisit. I can't find the clarity here. Help me find clarity. Walk beside me. Guide my actions. Show me what to do. And then I finish by taking a deep breath and meditating on the blue pearl of light in the center of my brain. I release my breath with a gentle sigh, giving the archangels a call. I pray to them to assist me. Help me, archangels, to be a better person. Bring me your clarity, your strength, your healing, and your wisdom. Guide my every action until my actions become your actions. I open myself to your guidance. I am eternally thankful for your care. Well, that is the practice. Do this every day. Try it for just 30 days. See what happens because you will transform and your world around you will transform. Yes, I love it. I really appreciate how you are sitting with God in this space and then really taking responsibility for those relationships. Um, You know, that in itself is transformative of not thinking about these other people in your life and thinking of, of maybe what you don't like or what you are frustrated about or, or, you know, how things have went, but you look and you say, okay, now what's mine to do? How do I clean up this mess? I, I really appreciate that. Oh, thank you. Well, it goes to the depth of, of the knowledge that, that really is here for us in the world today, and that is each of us in our own corner must clean up our mess to return this beautiful world back to heaven. We must individually take responsibility. No matter what anyone else does, we have to take responsibility to be the ones to be conscious, to get the ball rolling, to get consciousness moving. Uh, to begin to bring clarity, because what brings heaven to earth are the are clarity, clarity of vision, uh, wisdom, uh, perseverance, uh, being uh, being able to live in one's truth, and understanding and compassion uh, to other people's truth. And when we live in that and walk in that, our world transforms. That's how the joy, the happiness comes. 
it's miraculous. I've seen it in many, many people. Uh, so I really mean it when I say do this and you will, your world will transform. Mm. I love that. Thank you. Because that's the teachings. That's the teachings. I just want to remind the listeners, this book is full of those teachings. One, one thing that's just kind of like this um, beautiful pearl in the middle of the book, which is, is different than a lot of the other pages um, that you just open it. And there's the story, the little princess. And, you know, we have all this beautiful poetry and we have the, the honey jars weaving through the pages and all of these teachings and wisdom that come up. And then there's this complete story that's just beautiful. And I love the sacred geometry behind the words here. The pages are delightful. Can you synthesize the story? Because I know it would be long for you to read it. But tell us about this story. Where did that come from? And and what's the, the crux of this beautiful little story, The Little Princess? Yes, I would be glad to, and thank you for uh, thank you so much for asking me about it. Um, and I'll tell you, funny uh, when Will pulled the little princess, it Will pulled the little princess out. He said, "I remember you told this story at a retreat. We have to put this in." And it just so happened that Andre Balog had this beautiful filigree, this incredible Renaissance type filigree, and this backdrop of sacred geometry that he made five years ago. One night, and he said, "I never knew why." I made it and I just loved it. And I think it was for this story. <laughs> so mm, it's perfect. And really the little princess um, is a story. It was an actual mystical dream that I had. It is a true story of my mystical experience uh, in the dream time. And what it means to me is that we, this is very much a story about ourselves as women and um, this book is not meant just for women, but this particular story is a story of empowerment for women that, you know, we, uh, it really sheds light on a different kind of way to look at things of our past and how we've been subjugated and, you know, stuck in the kitchen and whatnot, all the things that we're trying to grapple with and come into our power. Um, but the, the, the fable here, and I'm going to give you a little cheat sheet without giving the story away, is that we were placed in a kind of solitude of our power for a reason because we, we do have that much power. And that now that feminine power, that energy of feminine is rising and it is now our, we have been freed. We've been freed from a, a lamp we've been put in. And we, uh, we now are free, but our power will not be for good unless we are completely uh, merged with the lineage of love and connection, woman to woman, a mother to daughter, sister to sister, woman to woman. Uh, a, a deep healing in the consciousness of women must happen for our world to be healed. Um, just I'll read two, two sentences so people will get an idea of the fable quality of the story. It says, I was flying through the universe late one summer night. There I came upon another reality. Floating among the stars was a giant seed pot like a cocoon. I flew closer to find that it was not a seed pot at all, but a shimmering bronze lamp like Aladdin's lamp. Then a voice from inside the lamp cried, let me out. Let me out. <laughs> so that's the little princess. Mm, 
Now, hopefully that's intriguing to our listeners. They're going to go, I want to hear the rest of that little story. And it is, it is a delightful story. And I, I just have to say, um, Deirdre, the, the power of wisdom that you continue to share the emergence of this wisdom in your words and, and what you're bringing forward through the art is exquisite. And so kudos to you, this, especially the healing quality of this woman to woman convergence here of really healing ourselves and healing the planet through the quality of that relationship and resonance. And, and, Ooh, there's just so much yummy, juicy stuff here. I get chills uh, when you say that, Dr. Julia. I get, like, my whole body's covered with, with goosebumps, and that's how uh, creation speaks to me, saying, yes, 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 because there's another way of resonance and relating that I feel we as women are ready to embody as our wisdom. And when we come together, we love our men. We can be these incredible partners. I love men. I'm crazy about men. But I really know in my own self and I see with my daughter and other women I know, we are searching to find our way back to each other. And there's, uh, there's such a beauty when we do. And I truly believe we can be the greatest blessing on our planet is when we as women connect and find each other and let go of competition and all the, the shadow of women. It's time to embrace mm. our life. Oh, well, see, maybe William got caught up with business because you and I were supposed to do this together today just as women. So I trust that quality as well. We have about three minutes Mm-hmm. Deirdre, until we close here, just a few minutes. And I'm wondering if you could just give us maybe your message of hope. There's so much happening on our planet. There's so much change and chaos going on. And, and you as this beautiful light, this beautiful luminary on our planet, what message might you give our listeners of hope today as we close the show? Yes, I would like to say that we are in a time of oncoming chaos, but through the chaos comes new creation, new light. It is essential that you hold on to hope and you find the beauty in your life, the love in your life. It's also essential that we don't give in to fear. We see it with wisdom and understanding and take action by coming together with others of like mind to help our planet through this time. It is a difficult time for the planet. That is the reality here. But we must come together and see it through. And I see great hope. I see great possibility. And I just want to close with my poem here that really uh, is a mantra or a meditation that in doing this, you will find that peace to see us through the dark. It goes like this. I bow my head into the light where at last with simple hat I rest. The flowers plucked from wilderness have indeed sent me to bed. And here with you, my beloved, who shines your brilliance, I am still at last. For so long it has been since I heard your command, my mind filled with chatter. Now, peace, my master. Hmm, 
just breathing in. What a poetic dance through the mystery beyond time and space. Deirdre, this has been a delight. Thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you, Dr. Julie, and thank you for having the beautiful show that you have. It's such a blessing you give to all of us. Thank you. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Listeners, we've been really honored to spend this hour with Deirdre Hayde, and we're talking about her beautiful work of art, The Not-So-Little Book of Surprises. You can check that out at bookofsurprises.com, and also you can find her at deirdrehayde.com. So thank you so much for joining us today. You've been listening to The Dr. Julie Show, All Things Connected, and I always appreciate you your comments, your feedback. So, so really get on the drjulieshow.com, leave us a message. We always love your suggestions, feedback on our shows. And so remember together, we're creating connections for the good of the whole until next time I'm sending you a world of love. Bye for now.